Good morning and welcome to Soapbox Breakfast, a podcast to get you ready for Real Salt Lake game day. In Soapbox Breakfast, we'll give you the news and views you need to prepare for the match. From injury news to the storylines we're watching, Soapbox Breakfast is a quick update from multiple points of view. After a 1-0 loss to LAFC at home, RSL takes on Vancouver Whitecaps in what will almost certainly be the only away match Real Salt Lake plays at Rio Tinto Stadium in their history. In injury news, RSL will be without Jason Ramirez and Zach Farnsworth. Here's what we'll be watching today. Hey everybody, Ian Knighton here. It's Wednesday, and that doesn't feel like it's been a very long time since last time Real Salt Lake played, because it hasn't been. For tonight's match, I'm primarily going to be watching what Freddy Juarez and his coaching staff and the players can apply from having such a short gap between the last time they played Vancouver. In the past, other coaches for RSL have been very proud to talk about that they played their way and they didn't adjust to the team. But it was also very rare in those times for the team to play a team back-to-back within just a couple of weeks and to be so close to those games. So I think that presents an interesting opportunity for the team to show what they learned. I do hope that they've figured something out so we're not relying on Eric Holt to score a goal in stoppage time. Because as the Monarchs learned after the 2019 season, if that's your plan, uh, if Holt's not on the field, that's not going to go well for anyone. I'd also hope that we get some sort of instant gratification from this game. Um, You know, Freddie Juarez kind of thinks that's what we want, and it'd be nice to have some gratification. But really, I just want to see a team that looks like they're learning from the last couple of games, giving up late goals, making kind of silly mistakes, being dominant from a statistic standpoint, but not really showing it with the end score. This is also reaching a point in the season where the team really needs to turn around their performances at home. And I know that this isn't technically a home game, but it's a home game. And so it'd be nice to see that reflected in the scoreline and in the performance. For this episode of Soapbox Breakfast, we're trying something a little bit different. Here's a clip from the latest episode of Off the Crossbar, which we recorded last night. Here, Kyle and Trevor are talking about Arcel's midfield woes against LAFC. That, I think, speaks a lot to the value that Nick Beasler brings to the team. Um, just because like he was the one that came off and that's when we just bypassed the midfield entirely. Like yeah. Paulo was the only one in the midfield and I mean, you could see it on the field. We were, we had five forwards, Paulo yeah. and four defenders yep. and the forwards, all of them were all looking back to whoever has the ball on the back line, waiting, trying for a to ball time a run, trying to see, you know, something. They were just waiting for a ball over the top and, this team has players that you can play a ball over the top. Like that's not a bad idea, but it's a bad idea when you're trying to do it a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. With this team, we don't have those players that can beat that a hundred percent of the time. Especially if one of those players is Demir, he's never getting to that ball. And even if he does get to that ball, he's never ever doing anything. Yeah. With, you he's mentioned not beat his guy on the dribble or anything like right. that. Like, you mentioned during that game, you wanted to see Demir, Demir come off for Anderson Julio. And it should be noted that we didn't see Anderson Julio at all this game. Miram got the 
Chang started, Miram got the sub, and then we didn't see Julio. But something interesting that was happening the whole game is that like Demir was trying to like there was one pivotal moment where Albert Rusnak has the ball and he can play the ball to one of two attackers that are pushing the back line. And one was Demir, one was Rubin. And he chose Demir and Demir just isn't, he's not fast enough and he shouldn't be like the person to try to run in behind the defense. It doesn't make any sense. That's never been his strength. Any goal that he ever scores for us, it's either a header or it's like a late run from the midfield to score at the top of the box. Those are all of his goals. Like, or it's from a cross header or like when he's running in late, he's never going to be a guy that runs in behind defense, uh, the defense and gets on the end of a through ball. So we had that apparently being attempted this whole game. And then when the time comes that we have to make desperation subs, we pull out Nick Beasler, who by all accounts was doing a good job at possessing the ball in midfield and transitioning the ball forward to our forwards. But we instead took him off and, as Trevor mentioned, are now playing with five forwards or whatever. And Demir is one of them that's just like against the back line. And and that he ended up dropping back a little bit to kind of fill in Beasler's spot. But even then, he wasn't doing that much. And he doesn't play that position for us anymore. And Beasler is better than Demir at that position at this point, I think. Um, Because Demir was just like... He was just everywhere in a kind of a bad way at the end of that game. But well, and then even the yeah. times when we did have somebody drop back, their immediate there there wasn't really like a holdup play. Their immediate option was like get the ball from the defenders, whoever has the ball, and then they turned and just no matter where they were on the field, they just found the guy that was furthest forward and put it past him. Yeah. Even if that person, in most of the time it was Rubin they put the ball into the corner and he's 10 yards ahead of anybody. Mm-hmm. And you've got a whole bunch of slow guys, not slow, yeah. a whole bunch of slow guys, but you've got guys that are tired or are slow or aren't the guys that they just aren't capable of keeping up with yeah. Rubin. And so Rubin yeah, gets and it double did teamed work. in the corner and it's, it, yeah. it's it an immediate turnover. One time, I, there was one time, um, oh, I guess uh, after the 70th minute, I think we only had one shot or 72nd minute or something. We had that one, that one moment where Rubin got in behind the defense, chipped the keeper, and they saved it off the line. Like that was the one time the that like at when we started getting desperate that it worked. But then other than that, it was just like when you have Demir thinking that he's, I mean, he's kind of sw- shifted back to the Beasler position, but he knows that we rely on him for desperation heaves from from uh, crosses from like 45 yards away from Aaron Herrera, he's going to be running forward in like against the back line to try to score those goals. He scores for us. So it was just a completely empty midfield. And then it just became a disaster. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think leaving Demir on for those situations is a positive move. Like Demir, he, we saw it against LA anyway. He doesn't drop back. He doesn't connect. He doesn't do that. Yeah, if if that's what we're asking and that's what we're expecting, like it doesn't work, and it's shown that a number of times, and it yeah. was most on display for this game. The last twenty minutes of that game, RSL's entire attack plan changed completely, and it was garbage. Mm-hmm. It produced zero anything of value going forward. It was awful. Tonight, like a lot of us, I'll be watching Bobby Wood. Like that's the hope, at least. I'd love to see him start this match. Uh, we've been putting him in, you know, on the bench, of course, and he's been coming off the bench, which is good. It's it's nice to see him in games. 
uh, to kind of make certain that promise of having him uh, in in the lineup at all. Um, but at the same time, uh, he's he's coming into matches where we're not controlling the game, where we're we're a little desperate, where we've already kind of dropped um, dropped points, and we're trying to recover from that position, and it's it's just not giving him a chance to like really show what he's capable of. So I'd love to see Bobby Wood in the starting lineup, making a difference from the beginning, hopefully getting involved in play and seeing how the rest of the team kind of interacts with him. That for me is probably the biggest thing I'll be watching. Um, But at the same time, like it's an away game, so you never know what's going to happen. Tonight's match starts at 8 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, and while it is an away game, it is at Rio Tinto Stadium, given it's Vancouver's home for now. On TV, you can watch it on KMYU, which is available with a digital antenna, with your local cable provider, or with YouTube TV. On the radio, you can listen on ESPN 700. You can also stream the match with the KSL TV app or kslsports.com. Thanks for joining us for breakfast today. For more podcast content, Subscribe to RSL Soapbox with your favorite podcast provider. We'll catch you up on Mondays with Soapbox Stand-Up, and Off the Crossbar offers you midweek analysis and conversation. For Soapbox Breakfast, I'm Matt Montgomery.